There's things that you value and things that you will fight for. That's what today's about. We fight for that short-haired dog and that name across your chest. We faced the adversity, we answered the call, and we rang the bell. Short-haired dogs. Welcome to the Short-Haired Dog Podcast, your home for Watford Terriers football. Now here are your hosts, Michael and Kevin Bennett. Welcome into the Short-Haired Dog, episode 22. I'm your host, Michael Bennett, alongside me tonight, my best friend slash co-host slash brother, Mr. Kevin Bennett. How you doing tonight, KB? I'm doing good, my friend. How about you? Couldn't be doing much better having to do it via the phone line here tonight. And I think we need to get a, a sponsor of our hotline here. What do you say about that? Yeah, uh, the the Sugar and Spice uh, Short-Haired Dog Hotline has a good ring to it. Yeah, I think, you know, even, Kevin, I think even even if we never got that sponsorship, I think we should just call it the Sugar and Spice Hotline anyway. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, um Mike, I am in a good mood because it is football season, and I feel like uh, feel like it, it feels like five years since Walford's played a football game, and it feels good to know that we're going to be going to Orangeburg Saturday and playing a mean, meaningful football game. Yeah, no doubt about it, and it's got a potential to be a good one. Last time we went down to South Carolina State many years ago, it was a good one there. I'm not when I say we, I guess I guess I'm doing that thing where you know your favorite team's we because I didn't go. But uh, I, I listened to Mark Hauser and Tom Henson back in the day. But uh, on AM and local Spartanburg, I'm sure. Um, but last time the Terriers went down to Orangeburg, it was it was a tough ball game. I think Wofford did come away with a win, but um, not a necessarily an easy opponent to start the season. It's it should be a should not only be a you know a good tune up for the Terriers, but a game they're going to have to play well in. Yeah, Mike, for sure. I mean, we all know. You know, first game of the season is always a wild card. I mean, you can come in with all the all the hype in the world, but um, you got to go out there and show it on the field. And I feel like this team has the capabilities that if they go down there and, and play their brand of football, um, we can we can run away with it. And you know, it's one of those where it, it may be it may be tough at first. You know, those first game j- or jitters. You know, they that's the thing. You got the butterflies, but. Usually when you get out there, hit somebody one time, get in a groove. If the if the offense can get out there and sustain one of those legendary Walford drives, um, I feel pretty good about it. Now, they did that last year against the Citadel. They jumped out to what? Was it 21 to nothing uh, before you could turn around good? And that one went down to literally the last play of the ball game. So, um, it's really hard to it's really hard to, uh, to be able to call what's going to happen on Saturday. But I expect the Terriers to be ready to play. Um South Carolina State's going to be ready to play, although according to their social media, they're playing Wofford University instead of Wofford College. Maybe they're expecting <laughs> a whole different team, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, the, I think the Terriers are going to be ready, and uh, I'm sure I'm ready to go down there and support them. Yeah, Kevin, maybe they're expecting Winthrop to come to town. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if they're expecting the Winthrop football team, they got another thing coming. Well, yeah, I, it's kind of like uh, Anderson, <laughs> Anderson University's T-shirts, uh, Anderson football still undefeated. Still undefeated, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. I got a good chuckle out of that one. Um, you know, Kevin, last year, I know that we've kind of tied a bow on last season, but, you know, Coach Josh Conklin, his first season, had a great year. I mean, that's that's obvious. I mean, you go deep into the playoffs. But, Kevin, and, and maybe this is just me being a Wofford homer and, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it and, it's, and my expectations are, are just too high for the Terriers. But as we've talked about before, I just kind of feel like we left last season with a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth just because, you know, you, you hate to lose any game. You know, you hate to lose um, in the playoffs. And, it, you know, only one team can come away not losing in the playoffs. That's, I mean, that's been proven, the team that ends up winning it all. But I have to say, it just hurt losing to Kennesaw State. Just that game felt like one that Wofford should, should have and could have won – could have won down there on the road. I know it was raining and all that stuff, but Kevin, do you still have that kind of sour taste in your mouth? I, I kind of, it's, I mean, for me, 
I just want the Terriers to go out there and absolutely just annihilate the first three or four teams they play and just really make their mark um, in not only the SOCOM but in the, you know, in the national rankings because it seems like to me if Wofford could just not lose one of these timely games down the stretch and really flex their muscles on some of these teams early, they could be one of these teams that they wouldn't have to leave Gibbs until much later in the playoffs. Yeah, Mike, I mean, I'm right there with you. Um, I don't know about you, but especially here recently, um, in my downtime, I've spent it watching old inside Walford footballs on YouTube. And, um, man, it's really got me back. It's really gave me the football fever. Um, and I think about that Kennesaw State game at least once a week. Um, I'm like you, you know, I think the rain has something to do with it. Um, it I just felt like we – we left a win out there. I feel like we were the better team that day. Um, I'm sure you could ask uh, now former Kennesaw State quarterback and current Wofford assistant coach uh, Chandler Burks about that, and I'm sure he would uh, he would disagree. But um, you know, I think I think the Terriers did leave one out there last year, and it did leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth because you you know you felt like man, you know that next week it was there for the taking. Um, you just, and the team was so talented that um, you know it. It makes you wonder what could have been, but a lot returning on this year's team, and we'll get into it in just a second, kind of going through the two deep um, for the for the game on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I mean, last year did leave a bad taste in your mouth, but I, I agree. If, you, if they come out there and flex their muscles here early on and, like you said, avoid one of those late-season in-conference losses, if you go in as a top-eight seed and you go in in the playoffs at Gibbs, you've got to feel good about your chances making a deep run into the playoffs and, Making a deep run in the playoffs is something that uh, Terrier fans have grown accustomed to, and we've almost, it's almost spoiled us the last two or three years. Uh, but it's a good feeling, and I ha- and I have a good feeling that uh, we're going to be right there in the running to to do the same thing again this year if it, if we can avoid injuries and uh, the ball bounces our way a couple times. Kevin, I couldn't say it better myself. You know, and the thing about it is, we kind of feel bad for setting the expectations so high for the Terriers, just being fans since before they were good, just for lack of a better term there. But Coach Conklin himself wants those standards high. I mean, he is, he's wanting to really, even though Wofford has, has a great foundation, you know, Coach Mike Ayers, 30 years at the helm, really put the Terriers on the map. They wouldn't be where they are without Mike Ayers. But you kind of get the vibe from Coach Conklin, even on the the episode we had here with him on the short-haired dog, that he just wants more for, for this Wofford program. Yeah, he does, Mike. And just the – I don't know what you call the aura around the program right now. Just kind of the the mood around the program is is, is at an all time high. I think I know in in my recent memory, this is as pumped up as I've been about a Wofford football season in a very long time. Um, it's just a this team's got some swag about it, and you know yeah. me and you are big swag guys, and um, you know we're pretty good at sensing it. And I don't know about you, but this team, they. One thing about it, they're also humble. I'll give them that. Right. Um, you know that I think they're good. They know they're good, but they're also humble. They know they got to go out there and prove that they're good. If they go out there and just roll the ball out there, they can get beat. And uh, I think this team knows that. And um, we had two great representatives at SoCon Media Day uh, with with Joe Newman and and Jara Wilson, and they both pretty much uh, said that. You know, they they were obviously picked by the media to win the and the coaches to win the the conference this year. But and while that is a great honor. You know, they do have to go out there and prove it. You know, they have to prove those coaches and those media members right. And I think this team has the right mindset. I think Coach Conklin and the coaching staff has instilled it in the guys. They're like, look, you know, we do have a good team. I mean, and anybody that looks on paper can tell you, you know, this is a good football team. But, you know, they got to do the right things on the field. They got to go out there and execute. Um, And I, I think this team has every opportunity to excel and, you know, I think they have the opportunity to be one of the best Wofford teams of of all time. I would agree with you, Kevin. And you alluded to it when you were just speaking there about the uh, preseason poll. When I'm looking at the coaches' poll, Wofford picked uh, first and got seven of the first-place votes. Uh, Second was Furman. They got one first-place vote. And East Tennessee State got a first-place vote as well. They finished in third place. And then Chattanooga, four. Mercer, five. Six, Sanford. Seven, the Citadel eight, Western Carolina, and number nine, BMI. Uh, just wanted to get your reaction to that. You know, I'm pretty uh, – I'm okay with it, <laughs> the top three there. But for me, four through eight could get, be in any order imaginable. Uh, maybe that's just me. 
No, I agree, Mike. The, the conference is a complete toss-up, and I think this is as competitive of a conference as it's been maybe since the departure of App State Georgia Southern. I think this is a this is going to be a conference, and I know the Terriers know this, where, you know, obviously, you know, you got the, the better teams at the top. I would say, you know, Walford, Furman, ETSU, they're, they're the three best. But you throw, you know, Western can beat you any week. Mercer can beat you any week. The Citadel can beat you any week. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this conference. And even BMI um, hung in there tough with a lot of teams in the SOCON last year, and they're only getting better. They're on the come up as well. So this is a very competitive conference, and uh, it really shows um, how good the media and the coaches think Walford really uh, really is for them to be picked pretty much unanimously. Like you said, there was – seven to one between them and and the paladins uh to be picked preseason number one so um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of preseason hype for the terriers but i i I honestly believe that they can they can back it up kevin the only problem i've got with this poll is just hard for me to imagine the citadel and western carolina finish seventh and eighth but the only question is who are they going to jump you got sanford mercer and chattanooga ahead of them but it's hard for me to believe that the Bulldogs and the Catamounts are going to be seventh and eighth. That's just hard for me to imagine, with, especially with Tyree Adams coming back at Western Carolina, and he's actually the preseason player of the year offensively in the in the conference. Well, I mean, Mike, it's hard to go against that. We saw that in person last year. You know, the Terriers did come out of out of uh, Tullowy, or Where does Western play? That's Cullowee. You're, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they came out of Kobe with a uh, with a win, but not before he could reel off what seemed like 300 total yards. It was a ton, um, and he I mean he's the real deal, and uh, I mean he he earned that preseason player of the year. And, and I'm like you, Mike. It's harder for me to believe that the the team with the preseason offensive player of the year is going to finish eighth. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, you know it is. You know it's it, it's it's a deep conference. It really is. There's a lot of good players. Um, and I tell you what, Mike, this is a good segue. We actually, uh, last year, we, uh, I think it's Southern Pigskin that did their top 50 players in the Southern Conference last year, and we kind of ran through that, and there were a ton of Walford players through that top 50, and they did it again this year. Um, and taking a look at it now, um, out of the top 50, the first Terrier is off the board at 36, and, Mike, I feel like um, this is a very, very underrated player, not only – um, on this list, but on the conference, in the conference in general. And uh, the Terriers are going to be without him this week um, against South Carolina State. But that's defensive lineman Mikel Horton, who, and I know you like this, Mike, switched his number uh, to nine. And we love single-digit defensive linemen. And Mikel Horton fits that perfect. I still say that I wish Miles Brown would have been number two or three or something, just a, a single-digit. I think that, like we said, we're we're big into the – the odd uniform number combinations. And so Mikel Horton that uh, wearing number nine out there is going to be a lot of fun to see, but he comes in at number 36. Mike, do you, don't you agree that he is one of the most, if not the most underrated player in the Southern conference? I mean, Kevin, he's got to be, I mean, and you know what it, what has caused him to sort of drop there. I mean, it's been his health, you know, it's been his availability and the, you know, the old saying, the best ability is the availability and he's been battling a lot of injuries in his career. But to me, without a doubt, when he's on the field, it's hard to find anybody better than Mikel Horton. Just, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he has had a, um, a a very good career, even though he has battled these injuries. And, yeah, I think 36 is, is way too low, in, in my opinion. But once again, you know, you got to consider the source here. How do you feel about that number change? Love the number change. Love the number change. Wish he would have – I mean, like I said, it makes me wish Miles would have switched to even more now. I mean, I think you actually said that maybe before last season that you wished Miles would switch to a single number. And uh, doggone if Mikael didn't do it. So, um, yeah, going to miss him this week. Also, my Robbie Armstrong switched to number five in other jersey swap news. And uh, DeMarie Van Cleve went from 19 to three. Yeah. So, uh, Both so bu- some more jersey numbers. Robbie Armstrong, a number, another D lineman going with a uh, with a single digit. I love it. Well, Kevin, Robbie Armstrong wore or five a lot in practice because I told you there's a guy number five that I can't find on the roster on some of the practices I went to see last year. Armstrong was number five, so it looked, I guess whoever was wearing it, it became available. And uh, 
now Robbie Armstrong rocking the five. I, I love the number changes. And Van Cleve, he just he just looks like a number three. Doesn't he though? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I tell you what, Mike, let's keep going down the list here. The next Terrier comes in at number 26, and that's big offensive lineman Josh Berger. Um, no, I, I could argue that all five, I mean, there's some in our two deep that deserve to be in this top 50. Um, but Josh Berger comes in at, at 26. Moving on down at 23, defensive lineman. Now, this is another underrated guy, Michael, but he's starting to get a little bit of love because um, he is is consistent as pretty much any D lineman I remember us having. He's not quite in the limelight like a Tarek Odom or a Miles Brown, but Thad Mangum has been, had a fantastic career for the Terriers. This will be his senior season, and he comes in ranked number 23 in Southern Peacekin's top 50 here. And I, To me, Mike, I feel like that is well-deserved. Yeah, it definitely is. And, Kevin, one thing, he got picked to be first-team all-SOCON, and he's a guy, Kevin, even though he's a little bit undersized, he doesn't pop off the screen like, a, let's say, a Miles Brown in having that NFL-type size. And last time I checked, he was still kind of hanging around in the NFL. I don't know if he's uh, since been released. but uh, Mike, he's going he's gonna to make the team. I was reading about him actually today at work, and I read three different publications that had the projected uh, 53-man for the Cardinals, and, and Miles Brown was on every one of them. Holy cow. What a what a feather in the cap that'd be for Wofford football. I mean, we've seen the wide receivers for the option team. You know, you, Georgia Tech had some guys. We've had some guys. And really, that's been the only, other than kickers and punters, that's been the only guys that, for the Terriers that stuck around. But how huge would it be for Wofford if they could get Miles Brown to stick around? As well as uh, JoJo Tillery also made a nice little run there with the Titans. Not sure where he stands right now. But uh, JoJo's had a couple of interceptions as well in the preseason. So, all of this exposure is only helping this Wofford team that's coming off of back-to-back Southern Conference titles get even stronger. Absolutely, Mike. Moving on down the list here, cracking into the top 20, and this is your guy. This has been your guy since his freshman year, and that's center Blake Gerasati coming in at, at number 20. So that's two of the five starting linemen already uh, there on the list. Moving down to number 17, George B.C., defensive back. Um, he's going to be a key cog in that secondary for the Terriers this year. He he is one of three consecutive Terriers on the list here. Um, he is at 17 on the list, moving down to 16. Now, this is a huge jump from last year because I don't think he was on anyone's radar. But that's running back Nathan Walker. He comes in at 16. He really excelled there at the end of the year. And, Mike, I think it goes without saying, uh, we expect a big year out of sophomore Nathan Walker. No doubt, Kevin. He came out of a small um, high school. Was it Cross High School? And I believe that's a 1A school. Mm-hmm. And he came onto the scene. And I told you last year during some of the uh, the practices that I went to see when I was talking about number five, who I didn't know who that was, who ended up being Robbie Armstrong. Um, I told you then, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he he is huge and he looks really, really, really good. And – Come to find out, it was Nathan Walker. And, uh, yeah, Kevin, like you said, from a small school, racked up a ton of yardage there, um, was kind of, you know, kind of flew under the radar even as a recruit here, even though we kind of knew he, you know, kind of heard that he was pretty good. Um, just didn't really know a ton about him. But um, but then last year, burst onto the scene and really late there in the season, particularly when Andre Stoddard, a friend of the program, got a little uh, dinged there. It was uh, it was still nice to see um, Nathan Walker sort of pick up that slack. I mean, they really didn't miss a beat with, with Nathan Walker in the game. No, they didn't, Mike. And uh, he showed that he's he's ready to go right away. And you know, he he got some carries here and there earlier on in the year to spare Andre a little bit. And it it was one of those, you know. If you're, if you're a frequent watcher of football, especially the kind of football that Walford plays, it doesn't take very long for you to figure out this guy's a real deal. He's a Walford player. Um, and Nathan Walker checked all the boxes on that. I mean, he, he'll run over you. He'll run around you. He hits the hole very quick. He reminds me of a, he reminds me of a bigger uh, Lorenzo Long, honestly. Um, you know, I think, I think Walker has the, uh, has the ability to go down as the next, you know, great, Wofford fullback. I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, he's a guy that 
I mean, this year has potential to have a breakout year, even more so than he did last year. But here's the thing, Kevin. I think this offense in general has a chance this year, not only through their through their rushing attack, which I expect to be one of the top ever, but also I've heard a lot of, you know, buzz around this passing game. I know that's kind of like a – my goodness, that's, that's kind of a reach, <laughs> Wofford's passing game. But honestly, um, I think they're going to try to do that more. And, Kevin – Say what you want to say. Walford's recruiting classes have been chocked full of wide receiver talent. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know this this is a new this is a new age in Walford recruiting as well. You know they they have gotten some good receivers in the past, but they're they're loading up on skill guys. And I think I I think I saw where Coach Lane came out and said this is the this is the best group of. Uh, skill guys that he's ever had at Walford. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that, Mike. I mean, don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I don't see really how you could. I mean, just considering the, you know, <laughs> the the way they've been able to um, rack up guys with speed. I mean, not only just guys who can catch it. We've had guys like that. But these guys can literally take off and leave you in the secondary not easy to do in the Southern Conference. And these guys at Walford the last couple of years have been making it look easy, Kevin. Yeah, they have. You think about a T.J. Luther, Mario Van Cleef from last year. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's next-level speed. And uh, it's just a different athlete coming to Walford now. These are diff- these are next-level athletes. Um, and, you know, Coach Conklin and his staff are just picking right – have picked to right up where, where Coach Ayers was leading the way there. And um, they're bringing the right guys in, Mike, and they're – that's how that's how you build sustain, sustainability on the field. That's how you're good every year. That's how you're making the playoffs, making those deep runs in the playoffs, like the Terriers have. Is you got to have the right guys. You got to recruit the right guys. It's one way, or it, it's one thing to recruit guys and get them in there, but you got to get the right guys, the guys that you know are going to fit your system. And Mike, they have hit on a lot of guys, and uh, I think we'll get into the two deep here in just a second. Um, you know, there's some there's some freshmen on there as well. So I think there's high hopes for this year's incoming class as well. Um, but I mean, you're right. You know, they've been able to go out and get some guys that have next level speed. For sure. And Kevin, you alluded to this too deep. Um, I th- guess it's time to go ahead and uh, go ahead and get dive into it here. A lot of uh, familiar well, we names. Have, we haven't finished our top fifty yet. Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, so you're saying there's more terriers on the list? I I guess I was in selling oh, yeah. the terrier short. Oh, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and run through it real quick then, Mike. Then we'll get into the two deep for Saturday's game at, at South Carolina State. At, uh, at number 15, uh, another offensive lineman. This is number three, Michael Ralph. Um, he's at 15. Moving on down um, to number two. Um, the Terriers have the number two player uh, according to the Southern Pigskin here, and that's Justice Basinger, wow. offensive lineman. Or Four of the five offensive linemen for the Terriers listed there in the top 50. Uh, for those that are curious, Southern Piskins uh, has Tyree Robinson, defensive back from ETSU, at number one. Uh, we already uh, mentioned Tyree Adams. He is at number three. Uh, Mike, before we move on, I think there are some glaring, glaring players that are not on this list. Okay. One, to me, is Jaira Wilson. I don't understand how he can't be. Uh, in the top 50, as well as safety Mason Allstat. I mean, yeah. how can you leave those guys off of the top 50? To me, they're two of the best defensive players in the Southern Conference, and I know we're homers, but my goodness, I just I just don't see how those two can't be in the top 50. Well, Kevin, if you do the math here, just with the two teams, I mean, they're going to be in the top 50 because they both made second team all SOCON. Um it's kind of tough. Jaira and Mason Allstadt, both seniors, and are proven as well. They're not just guys that, you know, even – this is not a knock on JoJo Tillery. He just had kind of platooned a little bit and uh, had yet to really have a, you know, as big of a year as he had last year. I think last year was clearly his best season. But, uh, you know, I could kind of – but these guys, I don't understand. I mean, they played pretty much every snap last year, even when the diarrhea package came out there. They, they both seemed to play most of the downs. Yeah, and I mean, also not a knock to Nathan Walker. We praised him for five minutes there, but I mean, he he had a great three or four games, and he jumps from being unranked to number sixteen. And then you know, Jaro Wilson and Mason Allstadt's been key cogs on the defense for a couple of years now, playing 
virtually every snap, and they're not on the list. Yeah, so, yeah, um, I, I, I could interest. It it is it is. I I mean it really it really is interesting. But hats off to the guys at, at Southern Pigskin there for uh, taking enough interest in the Southern Conference to decide to uh, make that top fifty, and uh, that's it's kind of uh, it's kind of exciting to see that many terriers um, up on that list. Even though we we feel like there's a few snubs. Well, and that's the thing about it is, you know, that's got to be hard. Imagine how hard that is to go through all the rosters and go oh. through whatever, whatever you know, metrics they use there to rank those. Top. That's an extremely hard thing. So that it's an impressive list, and like you said, to compile that together is is very hard to do. So you know, we gotta we we can't commend everything. We had we had <laughs> to have some. You know, there's got to be something that's left off. But like you said, hats off to those guys because I guarantee you that that is not an easy task throwing that list together. Well, we couldn't do it. I guarantee you that I can't do anything <laughs> these days. No, we don't have enough time to do much. I mean, we're already talking on the phone now. We can't even find enough time to meet up. So yeah, we've um, did yeah. one. We've no, did uh, one podcast, one episode in 2019. That's on us. I think we just need to. I think we just need to blame it on my wife. I did what do you think? I did find the time to do a new uh, intro. Did you like that? I did. Loved it. Loved it. It features it features one of the all time collabs, which if you <laughs> Buster Rhymes and Lincoln Park is one of the most random collabs that uh, I think you could ever come up with. Oh, no doubt that. But it's absolute heat. There's no question about it. Oh Ke- yeah, Kevin. Speaking of, of of songs and things like that, if you'll remember, prior to last season, we called for "Back in Black" to make its return to the Wofford football entrance. It did. I don't know. I'm pretty well. I'm pretty much positive that we didn't have any really anything to do with that. But while we're on the subject, I want the Terrier Head logo, the one that's on the decals on our truck. The one that's kind of the primary logo. I almost cried when I found out that it was going to be the W at midcourt at the uh, uh, Richardson Indoor. But it's I think Kevin, I think it's time to get that Terrier head somewhere on the field, whether it be in the end zone next to the Wofford that's painted, or I, heck, I'm calling for it at midfield. We need that Terrier head somewhere on the field because Kevin, that's our logo. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, and we can make it happen. We don't have to worry about Spartanburg playing on the field the night before. Like we got, a, we got, we got some time to prepare now. You know. Right. Um, so I agree. I think uh, I think it's time. It's time for the Terrier Head to make its make its appearance on the field somewhere. Do you remember those years? I want to say it was about the time uh, Michael Hobbs was the was the fullback. I would say 2006, 2007, around there at some point. And shout out to Mike Hobbs. I know he's probably probably tuning into this episode. You remember when Wofford kind of did the black end zones a few times there? That was such a oh, good, yeah. good look. I, I'm calling for the full. We need to get, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think a lot of it we've kind of, kind of been tiptoeing around Spartanburg. I really hope this year they have black end zones with the gold Wofford with the white trim on it and really do it up good because I'm telling you, it, it would look so awesome. That black and gold on that field, I mean, it'll – I mean, if if I go out there and that terrier heads at midfield, I might actually cry tears of joy. <laughs> and then you see them run out the back in black onto that field. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I can mm-hmm. take it, especially if we get a if 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 the you know what I've always suspected is true about we're getting another jersey this year. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Even a throwback would be sweet. Oh man, I know. Yeah. Where, where, how far but, are you throwing I mean, back, though? We, we have no basis to predict a, a third jersey because we don't know. We haven't heard any leaks or anything, but um, it would be sweet to come out in a, in a gold jersey or a throwback uniform. That would be that would be pretty sweet. Kevin, I cannot remember who did this song, but you remember the song uh, Gold All In My Watch. Would that be the new song instead of Back In Black? Nah, I don't know. Back In Black is uh, – I, I, I been synonymous with the Terriers, back, even back to the, to the glory days, the Jeff Zolman years. So, uh, I think uh, I think we got to keep it. I think we got to keep it back in black. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. Uh, you know, we called for all black, and then back in black last year. I didn't know if we were going to switch it up there. I'm I'm going to find what the name of that song is and the, and the artist, and I'm sure we'll get a good chuckle out of that. So, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, Mike, I tell you what. We were talking about uh, you know things you want to see. Let's. Let's do this real quick before we preview Saturday's game. Um, we'll get into the two deep and do our quick preview. But 
Let's do real quick. Give me a bold prediction for this season. What's a bold prediction that you have for this upcoming 2019 season for the for the Walford Terriers? Hmm. Well, <laughs> you want me to go first? I think you need to. I think because I'm gonna need some more time to think here. Because I I don't know that anything I'm saying is gonna really shock anybody. Okay. Well, I have I have two bold predictions, and one of them may not be that bold, but I think one another one is. My first is this is a two parter for my first one. I don't think Walford will have a 1,000 yard rusher on this on this year's team, <laughs> but I think there will be five with at least 400. Wow! Now that I could see it, I, I definitely uh, I definitely could see it. I think I think obviously you have Nathan Walker. I think Blake Morgan. Um, I think Joe Newman. I also think Ron Lovelace. And then maybe there's a there's another one in there. Maybe Irvin Mulligan, who we'll talk about in just a second, a freshman. He may crack the 400 mark. Mm. Um, you know, maybe Miller Mosley. Um, you know, it. I think there and then there might Demaria Van Cleve may play some some halfback. You know, I I think I think while I I don't think they'll have a thousand yard rusher, I think there will be five over 400. Wow, that is that is a bold prediction, uh, Kevin. Here's mine, <laughs> and maybe this uh, okay. maybe this surprises you. Um, I'm going to call this right here. There will be. I think there's going to be the the week that there's eight teams still playing. Okay. When when okay. going before you go to the semifinals, I guess what is that the quarterfinals? Mm-hmm. There's going to be two Southern Conference teams playing. Okay. That's my bold prediction. Okay. So two SoCon, two out of the eight left will be SoCon. Southern Conference teams. You got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. Um, I got one more, Mike. I think um, that the tight end position, uh, it won't be one guy. I think just the tight end position in hole will have at least 15 receptions this year. What did they have last year? Do you have any idea? I don't know. It wasn't many. It was not yeah. double digits. I, I want to say it was uh, one of the uh, lower seasons they've had in a while. I mean, even though that, you know, Karras and um, Garrison Moore both had experience, they, they just didn't throw to them a lot. And I think a lot of the reasons because they're trying to get it to those guys who can really scoot out there on the outside. But but still, I, I that kind of surprised me last year. We didn't use the tight ends uh, a ton, really. And that's why I think this year, Mike, that may be an added wrinkle to the offense. You know, we saw a couple times last year, especially with Joe Newman back there, where he did kind of the, um, you know, the delay pitch, and he would do the little step back throw there. Um, and I think that's one of them where you know a Nick Karras or a Garrison Moore can can streak open um, on kind of a delayed route, and um, you know he they could provide a security blanket if those speedsters outside are, are covered up. Um, I honestly think that the the tight end is going to be utilized a little bit more in this in this year's offense. So that's why I think the tight end position will have at least 15 receptions on the season. Which to some people they're like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, but uh, I re- I think that I think that's my that's my second bold prediction. All right, I love it. I love it. So what's up next? What are we doing? Well, let's go ahead and jump into the two deep, Mike. Uh, we we talked about it. Um, you know, there's some young guys on there. There's some young guys on the on the two deep, but uh, a lot of a lot of returning starters on there as well. Let's go ahead and start with the offense, Mike. Uh, obviously, you know this has been the talk of the postseason, or, or excuse me, the offseason uh, for the Terriers is their strength in their offensive line returning is everyone on the on the two deep uh, is back and. Mike, just to run through, Michael Ralph at left tackle, Liam Ronan at left guard, Blake Gerasati at center, Justice Basinger at right guard, and Josh Berger at right tackle. Um, what a luxury it is to have so much experience returning on that offensive line. It's huge, and not only is it the starters, Kevin, but also the reserves are all back as well. Everybody on the two deep, if I'm not mistaken, is returning from last season. That's almost unheard of for any team, but particularly when you're a triple option, and we're not going to say triple option entirely anymore. I'll say triple option based team. That is enormous. 
Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Um, moving on down here, we mentioned both of the tight ends just now, Nick Karras um, and Garrison Moore. Um, at wide receiver, we got Jason Hill. Um, you also will see Dorian Lindsey, uh, TJ Luther, uh, and a, a number of other guys will be there for the Terriers. Uh, quarterback, uh, it'll be Joe Newman starting for the Terriers. We'll also see a lot of Miller Mosley. Uh, moving into the, the halfback position, you know, you lose the Lennox McAfee, who we praised That's over huge. and over last year, Mike. I think, I think he deserves to go down as one of the best halfbacks in, in Terrier football history. Um, but who better to back him up is then uh, or to to come in after him, and then Blake Morgan is uh, Blake will slide back. He he, you know he was he was in the halfback slot some last year, but he also was in the slot receiver a lot as well before yeah. he got had that season-ending injury. So uh, we'll see. I think we're going to see a lot of that from him this year as well. Um, Ryan Lovelace is slotted at the other halfback position. Uh, you'll also see Demario Van Cleve. Uh, back there in the backfield as well. And I think we'll also see him lined up at some receiver, um, kind of like Blake Morgan. Um, and then at fullback, obviously, Nathan Walker. And then a guy I mentioned earlier, true freshman, Mike, Irvin Mulligan, 5'10", 207 freshman. Um, and I've heard I've heard good things about him. And we both looked at his high school stats, and my word, yeah. that guy was <laughs> incredible. So, yeah. um, and, you know, that's been a, that's been a common theme like you said, Nathan Walker come from a small high school. Uh, you know, even Eric Breitenstein came from a smaller high school. You know, uh, didn't he? Wasn't that school small? Or am I making that up? I'm pretty sure that it was. Um, but but he's nonetheless all of these guys, Kevin, to, to rack up the yardage that they've gotten, they couldn't have went to a to a, a very high profile school. I mean, because how do they end up right. offered? Just to be honest, I mean, I'm not trying to throw shade at the Terriers. I know they're getting in on some of these guys now that, you know, years ago, especially prior to Mike Ayers, they never would have even dreamed about. But, I mean, you still see what I'm saying? I mean, all these guys have to almost be misses from the big schools because how do we end up getting them? Right. I mean, and you, and you I mean, we've seen it. And, I, and Lorenzo Long, another one, you know, yeah. um, that, that fit that mold. And, um, you know, he, he was another one that flew under. all these guys. It's like you said, we're not in that. We're not fighting against the, the FBS schools on some of these guys. That, right. I mean, it, it really shows how, you know, the Terriers are great at finding these diamonds in the rough. And it makes you wonder, like, good gracious, what are these bigger teams doing not oh, recruiting these guys? Yeah, I know. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have them. Lord knows I'm glad to have them. <laughs> and I, I, expect, I expect we're going to see a little bit of Irvin Mulligan, and uh, he may end up being a very impact, uh, very impactful freshman going forward this year for the Terriers. I think, I think it definitely will, definitely could very well be the, uh, be the case. Um, Kevin, I think it's needless to say I'm a little bit uh, scatterbrained. In case you, case folks didn't know, I'm now a sixth grade teacher, and uh, that uh, is tough shaping the minds of, of young Americans out there. It is tough, Mike. It is tough, and uh, well, I'm fighting through with you. I'm tired too. I just started a well. I'm I'm still at the same bank, the same branch, but I'm over in my own office now. So uh, I've been uh, I've been helping uh, those young minds as parents, and that's always a fun time too. Um, so I know our, our <laughs> listeners in the banking world knows how how fun dealing with the public and how happy they are when their money gets screwed up. So I know people can understand how. Uh, kind of what we're both going through. So oh, yeah. uh, we're fighting through it together. And um, But we're going to be there Saturday. We're going to fight through We might be a little tired, but we're going to be there Saturday in Orangeburg cheering on the Terriers. Um, and let's go ahead and jump into the defense here, Mike. Um, you know, obviously we said no Mikael Horton, also no Austin Lufkin. Um, but moving into the defensive line here, Thad Mangum, uh, Corey Prince, who, ste- who really had a good freshman year, especially toward the end of the year last year. He is uh, slated to start at the nose tackle position. I also saw Michael. He slimmed up a little bit um, and added on some muscle. So I expect some big things out of Corey Prince this year. Um, and then Robbie Armstrong uh, will come in. We're in number five, like you said. Uh, who is that number five? Well, we're going to see number five out there in in real game um, as Robbie Armstrong will try it out there and start at the right defensive end spot. Mike, uh, speaking of freshmen, another name that we've heard a lot about um, that they're that's the the coaches have been raving about is Michael Mason, um, 6'3", 230 freshman. Um, he's, he's right now on the 2D behind Thad Mangum. He's going to be in that rotation on Saturday. He's another freshman that I think has the potential to be very impactful for the Terriers. Uh, moving over now into the to linebacking core, Mike, um, you know, you lose 
Um, you lose. Uh, see, I'm, I am scatterbrained. Uh, who do we lose? What position? <laughs> Linebacker. Okay. Jeez, uh, I'm drawing blank, too. <laughs> Billy. Who? Billy Hen. Billy. Billy Hen. Billy, Billy. <laughs> this is pitiful. My Lord. Pray for us, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving into the two deep, Mike, uh, John Beckley uh, returns as a starter on the outside. He'll be joined along with Jairop Wilson. Um, they'll be backed up by T.J. Neal, who had a great freshman year, and Sean Moore. Um, inside, uh, we got a new starter in for, in for Billy, and that's Joe Beckett. But Joe played a lot last year, and he's a guy that really jumped off when we went back and even when we we're watching the game live and really on when we go back and watch the game, um, Joe Beckett was a guy that jumped off. He'll be backed up by Ryan Titus, who's another guy that really jumped off uh, the field to us last year. They're both part of that diarrhea package that you uh, that you so famously uh, named that third down defense last year. Um, and then uh, D.T. Wilson, obviously. Um, he seems like a guy that's been at Walford for 10 years. Um, and he's finally in his senior season. And, uh, you know, I, I expect, uh, I expect a good year from DT as well. I think this is a year where he's going to, he's going to prove his worth. Not that he hasn't already, but I, I expect a, a good year from DT Wilson there as kind of the anchor of the, the linebacking core. Um, moving into the secondary, returning for his senior season, George BC. Um, you know, you lose Devin Watson, you lose, uh, Domo Lemon. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think, BC's going to be the – he and Mason Allstadt are going to be the, the voices of the secondary back there. Allstadt obviously starting at his strong safety spot. Uh, moving into the uh, free safety spot, we saw him a lot last year, Mike. That's Dimitri Redwood. Um, he's a guy that we've seen a lot of, and uh, he's going he's gonna to slide right in there and I think be very productive from the free safety spot. And then, Mike, a true freshman starting at the other corner – um, opposed to George BC, and that's Jay Hazel, six foot, one eighty five freshman, will get the start on Saturday for the Terriers. Another freshman in the two deep here, Kayvon Cobb at six one two oh five, is the backup free safety um, behind Redwood, and then a redshirt freshman in Isaiah Walker at six foot one ninety will be backing up um, Mason Allstadt. Mike, there's a, there's a lot of youth in that secondary, but I think the coaches feel very good about their not only their senior leadership, but the uh, the young pups that they got behind them. Yeah, I think you're right, Kevin. And I think the key is I know they're young, but they're young and talented. And I think that uh, that tends to make up for a multitude of sins when you're really, really talented. So we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm – I'm excited just to see the guys get out there on the field, you know. But I, but I do think there are plenty of senior leaders. You know, you talked about D.T. Wilson. You talked about Mikhail Horton, who's not going to be with you, but still I think is going to be with the program um, down there. Uh, I know one, one guy that's not going to be uh, with the team. Um, but, you know, the thing is, Kevin, there's plenty of senior leaders around that team, and uh, they, they, they've got a chance to have a really uh, – a really special season, and and for these freshmen, you know, this has to be exciting. You go from from high school um, to you know starting your first college game. I mean, that is that's big time, and you know they're excited. So, um, like you said, the we're expecting to see some first game jitters, but uh, that's part of football, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, like you said, it's the defense kind of has both. It has young guys who are really really talented. It has the old veterans. You know Thad Mangum and, and the likes, and uh, you know it's going to be a uh, kind of a collage of, of guys together as it always is. But um, I think there's a lot to be happy about when you look at the two deep, offensively and defensively for the Terriers. Well, Mike, let's go ahead and give the specialist some love. Uh, Luke Carter returns as the place kicker. He's been there um, for Dalton 900 years. Be kicking off. Yeah, <laughs> he's another one that's been there forever. Um, like I said, Dalton Hennis will be kicking off for the Terriers. Luke Carter will be punting. Um, new long snapper, Colin Springer. Did he go to Dorman? <laughs> I would think he had isn't, to. Isn't that the requirement? Isn't that the requirement <laughs> to be a long snapper at Walford? I mean, I, I was under that understanding. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Uh, um, and, you know, that's 
I was thinking about that earlier. I was listening to another podcast that we're talking about. It was actually the Redskins podcast that were they were projecting their fifty three man, and they were talking about how important a long snapper is. And you know that's a that's a position that's one of the that's one of the ones that go that's one of the most underappreciated positions in all of sports. I think is a long snapper because that can throw off everything if you don't have a good long snapper. So um, you know we're pulling for we're pulling for for Colin, and um, you know I think he I think he. Uh, you know, we've we've been spoiled with our long snappers. Uh, what seems like the last twenty years, um, and I have no doubt that you know that Colin Spring will be able to do that as well. Um, so he'll be he'll be handling the long snapping for the Terriers. Then uh, Miller Mosley will he's been an anchor back there holder, as the holder as well, and that's another underappreciated job. You know, if the holder uh, if he bobbles the ball, like that messes up the whole transition, the whole. Uh, mechanics of the of the kick there so and Miller's been just stone cold back there the last couple of years and we even saw uh, some little trickeration where he ran that one in against Furman in the playoff game a couple of years ago so may see a little another little wrinkle uh, coming up this season um, and then in, in kickoff return man we got our Blazers back there Mike TJ Luther and Demaria Van Cleve will be returning kicks for the Terriers and then Van Cleve will be your punt returner um, as he will take over for for Lennox McAfee but Mike um, I think it goes without saying as we go through this entire two deep, uh, there is a lot of talent. Um, and there's even a lot of talent that's not listed in the two deep. Um, that's just waiting in the wings, waiting for their opportunity. And uh, like we said to start off the show, this team has every opportunity to be very, very special in my opinion. No doubt about it, Kevin. And it's, it's good to get back and, and talk about these guys and uh, – it's just ready. I'm just ready for football season. You know, I've, I kind of got a taste of it last week up at up at Chapman and in Inman, uh, where the Union County Yellow Jackets were taking on the Chapman Panthers. For those of you who don't know, I get to do the color commentary there. I took over Kevin's position after he uh, moved up in the world of banking and all that stuff. So, uh, but uh, it's, it's it was fun. But uh, tell you what, there's nothing like Walford football, and you don't really have to go and work. You kind of go as a fan, and uh, so that's a. Uh, that's a really good and, and, and fun thing. So, um, Kevin, it's it's been great to be with you. And, and I just want to tell you this, too, because, I, you know, one thing about not being together in person, you kind of have to wait till the other one finishes. And uh, one thing I want to, want to ask you about, the backup holder, I think, didn't we find that out last year? Is that or is that not Jaira Wilson? Am I – or am I making – did I dream that or is that, oh, did that really happen? Uh, he was the holder. He was a holder because Miller got hurt. That's Remember, what I meant. Uh, That's... Jaro backup holder. Did, what did I say, punter? No, you said he was a backup. He said he was a backup long snapper. <laughs> okay, yeah, the backup holder, the backup holder. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Hey, Jaro's an athlete. I bet if they told him and he he had a day to get ready, he could do it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you're an athlete, it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as you get a ball. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> Uh, but, Mike, I will say this. I do. Uh, it is good to be back with you. Um, our apologies to Billy Hinton. He was one of our guys. I can't believe we both drew blanks right there and couldn't remember the, <laughs> the linebacker that was not returning from last year's team. But um, it is good to be back with you, Mike, and uh, I'm looking forward to a special season. Um, like we said, we will be down in Orangeburg on Saturday, so if you see two big, goofy-looking jokers with short-haired dog shirts on, come up and say hello. Um we do still have shirts, correct, Mike? Yes, I'll have the whole box down there with us at Orangeburg. Uh, we still owe some people some shirts. Um, they they hadn't paid for them, but they've said they wanted them. And so we will uh, try our best to uh, get those to you. And how much are those, Kevin? $15? 15 yes, sir. And we're going we're gonna to look into doing some more things with the uh, you know with our brand. We're going to try to uh, maybe get another shirt out. We, we've looked into some more clothing items as well so um some exciting times i know we've said it before but now that football season is really getting cranked up we have no excuse so um i'm i'm looking forward to some new things i'm looking forward to an exciting uh football season hopefully getting some exciting guests on the show we've had we've got some things in the works so i'm really looking forward to it and uh man mike it feels good to be to be geared up and ready to go on saturday no doubt, Kevin, and it's good. We'll we'll make the trip down there together and uh, miss you, buddy. Hate you couldn't be here with us tonight and uh, to help me take care of the audio. If it sounds like garbage, folks, it's because Kevin Bennett wasn't in charge of it. It's because I took it over. So, uh, folks, we appreciate uh, you listening tonight, Kevin. Appreciate you taking uh, time out of your uh, 
busy schedule to to call in tonight. Like I said, a lot of it's my fault, the reason we couldn't get together and, and record in person. But uh, Sunday, good Lord willing, if we're still alive after we go to Orangeburg, we will uh, we'll record another one and uh, hopefully recap a, a Terrier victory. Uh, but, Kevin, it, it's been a blast. Absolutely, buddy. Looking forward to Saturday. Thanks to uh, all of our listeners. I continue to support. Um, you know, I'm running the uh, running the Twitter page. We're still going to be active. We're going to try to be more active during the during the games too. So feel free to get on there and interact with us if you have any recommendations, um, or if you want to just tell us we suck. You know, by all means, do that. <laughs> um, but we look forward to a very very um, exciting season. A lot of things to look forward to, and we look forward to uh, recapping all the games. Uh, here on the short haired dog for all of our our support uh, all all of our supportive listeners um, wherever you may be across the nation well that's going to do it here for episode 22 of the short haired dog gearing up for the 2019 campaign as the walford terriers will travel down to orangeburg to take on the south carolina state bulldogs in the season opener on saturday six o'clock kickoff from in uh down in the lower part of the state in Orangeburg. Uh, We're going to be there for that, and uh, we can't wait. And uh, so we appreciate uh, all of you listening, and we appreciate Sugar and Spice for uh, sponsoring our phone line (laughs) that Kevin called in on. And uh, ain't that right, KB? Yeah, we uh, we also appreciate Buster Rhymes and Lincoln Park for that nice collab <laughs> on our show. Maybe next time we'll see if uh, we can get a Post Malone Toby Keith collab or something, and um, for our outro or something. My goodness, it's hard to get any more how random than that collab. That Do what? <laughs> I said, how electric would that be? Oh, it it certainly would certainly get get the juices flowing. <laughs> so, folks, we appreciate you listening, and uh, so until next time. For Kevin Bennett, I'm Michael Bennett, and everyone here at the Short-Haired Dog. Hope everybody has a good weekend, and as you travel down to Orangeburg, we'll see you down there. And uh, how I like to sign off from now on, Kevin, this I'm going to make this tradition. Don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. We'll see you Saturday, folks. Go Terriers. Go Terriers. Thank you for listening to the Short-Haired Dog Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at ShorthairedDog and to subscribe to the show at no charge on the Apple Podcasts app and SoundCloud. We will talk to you again very soon, but until then, go Terriers.